Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be an interesting trip into the forums of CureZone.org. And CureZone is a forum for people who believe in all kinds of alternative medicines and health beliefs and also things that we may have heard before, like parasites under the skin. Um, they have interesting, quote-unquote, non-traditional Western medicine approaches to their health. And so this is a forum. It's been around a long time. It's not super active. There's a lot of things from, like, 13 years ago. However, they're still as important as they were back then when they were first posted. So we'll be revisiting some of these. Oh, here's the thing. I just corrected myself. Here's the thing from 40 days ago. So people are still going to Cure Zone to share their own health remedies and uh, I'm going to read them. But before we get to that, of course, as always, I'd like to say thanks to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. I apologize for missing a month of the podcast. As I mentioned, it was, it's been tough times being unemployed and you'd think I'd have more time to do podcasts, but sadly, I'm spending all my time looking for jobs and recording voiceover work or trying to get voiceover work, which is, uh, you know, show business is hard. Anyway, so enough of that. Thanks again to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. I really appreciate it. Even the people who donate a dollar, even the people who cancel their donations, doesn't matter. I just appreciate the fact that people think enough to do so. And thanks to everyone who has asked for a magnet. In the last episode, I think I said I was running out of magnets. Now I have an entire new batch of magnets and they are the same style as the sticker that I've been sending out. So, if you would like a magnet, please email me at loureads at gmail.com. I still get questions like, I like a magnet. How do I get one? Well, it's literally in the beginning of every podcast and at the end. But the answer is still email me at loureads at gmail.com. Or you can go to the Facebook group and ask for one there and I'll message you. But that means you have to go to the Facebook and let Facebook have all your information, of which I get none of that data. And lastly, I opened up the t-shirt store after the last episode because there seemed to be enough interest and then there wasn't. So if you would like a Lou Reed's t-shirt, please go to bonfire.com, find Lou Reed's t-shirt at loureeds.com and previous posts and uh, click the I want to order a shirt button. And then when I open the store, remember that you said you wanted a shirt. <laughs> and perhaps buy one or more. And oh, here's an interesting thing. A person wrote to me on Facebook to let me know that they were wearing their Lou Reed shirt while they were walking around Pittsburgh and someone stopped them in the street and was like, oh my God, I love that podcast. And I thought that was extremely random <laughs> and unlikely, but I was excited to hear that it happened. And the person reported no ill came to them from meeting another person who listened to the podcast. So I think that's a good sign. Anyway, chitter chatter. Enough flapping of the gums. For no reason. Let's get to the flapping of the gums for real reasons. The reason being the information found in the forums of CureZone.org. And so the first thing we'll read is in the CureZone.org Urine Therapy Debate Forum in a thread started by Tsitsi entitled Urine Use, Old Urine. And it goes like this. Hi, friends. The next magic potion I'd like to introduce you to is Old Urine. What is Old Urine? Old urine is the urine you collect and let sit outside in a glass container for months on end. It should have a pugnient smell and taste. Old urine is very potent. Old urine, use old urine for curing anything. Use old urine wisely. 
because it is indeed potent. Old urine can be applied on acne. It dries up instantaneously. Old urine can be used for sinus infections. Warm it up and fill your nasal cavity with it and watch the mucus drain out. Old urine can be applied instead of face cream. It makes the skin incredible. Old urine can be drank. I recommend drinking only one tiny cup at a time. Old urine can be massaged onto the skin of your body. Watch how soft you will become. Old urine can be dropped into eyes for instant relief. Old urine is the complete and absolute truth. You should swear by it if you tried it and see what it does. Old urine is the most organic self-drug you will ever experience. There is nothing else like it. If you drink old urine every day, you should glow like a peach. Use it wisely. It is potent. Love and blessing, Tsetse. And butt sex replies. Whoever posted this is master trolling. Urine breaks down into ammonia, especially when exposed to sunlight and heat. After leaving urine in a sealed jar or bottle for a few months, it should start to turn brown, and much of the content will fall out of solution and crystallize along the bottom and sides. When this point is reached, don't inhale or touch or ingest or do anything with the urine or the air inside the bottle or jar. It's highly concentrated ammonia and is poisonous. Some kids try to get high off this, storing their urine for a few months until it's brown in the crystals form and then opening the plastic bottle and huffing the air. This would usually put them in the hospital and could easily kill you. The liquid itself isn't as bad, but you still shouldn't do anything with it, especially putting it in your eyes nose or mouth. It has liquid ammonium in it, which can easily evaporate out of solution once you break the airtight seal and let the ammonia out. Putting it in your eyes will blind you. Putting it in your nose and mouth will cause severe respiratory distress. Applying it to your skin might burn a little. Old urine has no safe uses for humans and won't provide any of the positive effects this post says it will. It decomposes into highly concentrated ammonia gas and the liquid will still contain ammonium ready to evaporate out of solution. And Chasmore adds, I drank urine that is five or more weeks old. And Oblix writes, I would like to discover the potency of drinking old urine. I have achieved some results with fresh urine. Please advise me on old urine or send me some study material. And sadly, that is where this post ends. So we'll move on from that thread to a new thread in the curezone.org urine therapy support forum in a thread started by number 29203 entitled, This is a good article about UT, but it brings up something I'm still wondering about. And there is a link that goes to heartlandhealing.com slash pages slash archive slash urine underscore therapy slash index.html. And that post goes, Urine therapy, if health is what you urine for, Try This by Michael Brownstein. Quote, unquote, welcome aboard, coffee, tea, or pee. When Ferdinand Magellan's fleet of five set out to circumnavigate the globe in 1519, the manifest gave each ship, quote, unquote, 50 casks of water, fresh and pure. It wasn't enough. Of course, his crew knew they would have to locate water along the way. Unfortunately, finding themselves in uncharted waters and out of water 18 months into the voyage, they became desperate. With no hope of a fresh water source, they took what was the only recourse. They drank their own urine, wrote one crewman, quote, unquote, it was surprisingly not unsavory, having no worse a taste than a flagon most foul with rancid port, as many I have tasted before. And after all, it did save their lives. Already the astronauts of the International Space Station are experimenting with self-generating liquids, and if NASA ever launches a manned mission for Mars, the ship won't carry enough water for the 18-month voyage. Like the preceding they will have to find water along the way. This presents a problem since rainfall outside of the Van Allen belt is pretty rare. NASA's answer? If it worked for Magellan, it can work for Mars. Drink urine! Though filtered, purified, and recycled, it will probably take a little getting used to psychologically. But there are millions
millions of people throughout history who have actually swallowed the idea of urine as medicine. It is often called urotherapy. And that page goes on for quite a few more words about the topic of urine therapy. And I'll be glad to link to it on loureads.com. However, we'll return to the post. Quote, unquote, though fresh urine is sterile, left standing will provide an excellent medium for bacterial growth. Therefore, it is always advisable to use fresh. Don't try to keep it in the fridge overnight or for when guests drop in. Ancient texts that describe the practice tell us to drink the middle of the flow. Presumably, this would eliminate any trace bacteria from the urethra in the first part or leftover from bladder walls in the last spurts. After all, even with a fine red wine, you still don't drink the dregs. I have a problem drinking my pee in the first... <laughs> I have a problem drinking my first pee in the AM. I'm a night owl, and I usually pee into a large cup and put it aside while I go back to bed for a while. I don't usually get around to drinking it for a few hours or so. Is this really detrimental? It seems contradictory that in the article it also states that the urea contained in urine is a strong antibacterial. Would appreciate input on this. And Super Chick adds... From what I understand, it is only good up to 15 minutes. I have always followed that rule. Although right now, I'm at five months of drinking it daily and not feeling the slightest difference. Has it helped you? And 29203 replies, Yes, I'll observe the 15-minute rule, even though I'm not convinced it becomes undrinkable. In fact, there is a poster on CureZone who specifically recommends drinking aged urine. I may try that someday, but for now, I'll stick to the fresh stuff. As for my results, I just feel good in general, and I appreciate the quote-unquote structured water aspect of drinking urine. And there is a link to a website called fruitnut.net. And a quote from that page that goes, quote, quote, unquote, urine is pure, fresh, organic, live, filtered, quote, unquote, structured water at body temperature containing large quantities of pure, pre-digested nutrients. It is fresh, raw, and alive, and the cost is totally free, brackets to say the least. I didn't have any real health issues before I started experimenting with UT, thus no dramatic results to report. When I first found out about it, I was repulsed, like most people would be, I guess. But I was intrigued enough to give it a try, and I kept going. I think we who do UT ought to give ourselves a pat on the back for being able to go against our conditioning and think and act outside the box. And 70 and 107689 replies. Everything that I've read is that after 15 minutes, urine begins to grow bacteria. Refrigeration doesn't help. Your refrigerator is filled with bacteria. And then there is a link to Buzzle.com, an article entitled Urine Therapy for Weight Loss. And there's a quote, how to use urine therapy. There is a procedure involved in how to use and how to go about urine therapy. Here is how. What's up? Yeah, okay. Good night. Why are you still up an hour, like almost an hour later? All right. Good night. Morning urine is the best form of urine to have. When you start urinating, let the first few seconds of urine pass. This is impure urine that won't help. When this urine passes and you reach the middle stream, pause for some time and take a cup. Now urinate into the cup, but stop once the end stream of the urine starts. This has no ingredients that are useful for your body. The urine that has been collected is the best urine to be consumed. The urine that is freshly collected is best consumed within 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, it begins to grow bacteria and can thus be harmful. Before that, the urine is sterile and clean. Urine should be consumed by sipping it like tea. Do not drink it in one go. The food that you have has a more direct effect on your urine color as well as the urine color. Oh, odor. <laughs>
The food that you have had has a direct effect on your urine odor as well as the urine color. The more pungent, oily, and spicy food that you consume, your urine will be that much more smellier and stronger. But if your diet consists mainly of vegetables and fruits, then your urine will be clearer, brackets less yellow, and taste like water. And 29203 replies, Thanks for your reply. Yes, I know that, that this is the commonly accepted wisdom. It still doesn't answer the question, if urine has antibacterial properties, as it is so commonly accepted, then why doesn't this neutralize any bacteria growing after 15 minutes? And if it doesn't, then exactly how are the bacteria harmful? I think the germ theory of illness has been pretty much debunked. Did you see that thread about drinking old urine I linked to at the Urine Therapy Debate Forum? I haven't tried it, and I don't know if I will, but it's intriguing. One thing that article you quoted said, that's best drunk like tea, is probably true. I do drink it at one go on occasion. I'll work on stretching it out. And 107689 replies, I believe you are mixing apples and oranges. You are confusing sterility with antibacterial properties. While urine is sterile, it is not antibacterial. Distilled water is sterile too, but if left in the open for 15 minutes, it will also attract bacteria, which in time will cause it to become undrinkable. The urinary tract can become infected, and the urine passing through that tract does not heal the infection. Brackets talk to a female who has had one of those infections, and they can be difficult to cure. Females tend to get more of these infections than males. They will often drink cranberry juice to kill their infection, and a woman friend of mine found that to work very well. One can also get bladder infections, brackets, had one as a child. And urine in the bladder does not kill a bladder infection either. If you drink your urine during either of those two infections, you are also drinking the bacteria that is causing the infection. You say you drink your urine at night. Many folks find that drinking pee in the evenings blocks their ability to sleep. I have found that I can't drink mine after 4 p.m. at the very latest without it keeping me awake. So end that activity by 2 p.m. at the latest. And 29203 replies, No, I don't drink it at night. I said I was a night owl. This is why it's difficult for me to drink my first pee of the day in the morning. I usually go back to bed. Anyway, I appreciate your comments. Although I'm still not convinced, I'll probably play it safe and not let my pee stand too long before drinking. I was going through past messages and found some posts on the topic. Just FYI, I think the posters in the first thread made a good point in saying that despite all the warnings, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that drinking older urine is harmful. But again, I'll probably play by the quote-unquote rules just in case. And 107689 replies, When I first started UT several years ago, I was using it externally, and I was using two- and three-day-old urine, as recommended by some of what I was reading at the time. First off, I found no benefits from external application. Brackets, I was doing this before I could stand to drink it. On my hair-slash-dandruff-and-athlete's-foot problem. No benefits at all. I found that old urine stinks to high heaven and, and stains literally everything that it comes in contact with, even glass and porcelain. Then, when I began drinking my urine, I found all the benefits that topical application didn't provide, so quit hanging on to the stinky stuff. By drinking old urine, you are drinking ammonia, and ammonia has been a cleanser for centuries before modern cleaning methods, but I don't know if I'd like to ingest it. Even though urine isn't really antibacterial, you will find those who claim it is. In Reading Golden Fountain by Vander Crew, brackets, first book I read on the subject. <laughs> uh, sorry, that dumb name. 
caught me late. He was traveling in India and Southern Asia and got a bad cut on his toe slash foot and it became infected. The locals had him wrap gauze around the sore and taught him to keep the gauze continuously soaked in urine and his infection went away and his sore healed up. Brackets. This is also recommended today by many who are committed to UT. So he and others have made the claim that it is antibacterial, but that doesn't explain why one can get a bladder infection that isn't cured by urine, but does one can get a bladder infection that isn't cured by urine, but does go away with antibiotics. So what healed Van der Kroon? It has to be something in the urea. I don't have the foggiest notion what it could be. And 92903 replies, Urine contains elantoin. I'm sure that's part of the reason why it helped heal Van der Kroon. There's a link to something in the examiner called Skin Care in Nashville. What is elantoin? blah, blah, blah. Elantoin-anti-irritant and skin protectant. Elantoin is a natural soothing anti-irritant and skin protectant that increases the water content of the extracellular matrix, which provides structural support to cells and is an important part of connective tissue. Elantoin also increases the smoothness of the skin promotes cell replication, and promotes the healing of wounds, burns, and scars. I've used urine externally on skin and hair, and I do feel it's helpful. As I'm sure you know, a lot of people have remarked on this, including John Armstrong, who felt external use ought to always go along with taking it internally. But if the odor is a turnoff for you, I certainly understand not wanting to go there. And Mike Gish adds, I've had great success treating infected cuts with urine. It's not always about bacteria. Urine has thousands of ingredients, which I suspect aid in healing. Infections in the urinary tract are probably due to poor and even toxic diets, which eventually over time overwhelm the immune system and result in illness. And although the... <laughs> Jesus Christ. And although this thread goes on for several more posts, I'll just go to the last post, which goes, which was made by Radiant Artist, who writes, I'm not advising anyone to drink old urine, but I've drunk two, even three-day-old urine with no ill effects. It's a strong antibiotic. I've rinsed my teeth with it, and it's kept the infections at bay and helped heal sores that erupted on my face due to the infections in my teeth. Yikes. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread, again in the Urine Therapy Debate Forum of CureZone.org, to a post started by Silk2 entitled, Does Urine Cure Cystic Fibrosis or Other Genetic Disiases? And it goes like this. I think I have cystic fibrosis. That explains all my illnesses. Lovey was the one that thought I had it, and I really recognize all the symptoms. It is possible to cure with urine, or is it that no cure for genetic diseases? I need help and advise. My pancreas and the kidneys are hurting the most, and I'm really scared that they soon gonna give up on me. I have some nerve damages on my stomach and lack of feeling on that area. Have anyone got cured from cystic fibrosis? I'm not eating anything. I'm just fasting with vegetable and fruit juices and drinking all the urine I pass. I'm letting my pancreas and the rest of my body rest by just taking liquid. Am I doing the right thing? I also want to know what healing crisis really are. Is it really true that before you getting better, you getting worse? Does the old symptoms come and then go away? Because I can't tell the difference if it is healing crisis I'm going through or that I'm just getting worse. Because sometimes I have ear pains and sometimes it's gone and comes back again and goes away again. And lately I'm sweating a lot. Can it be possible that the toxins are removed in that way? Sometimes I just want to give up life. Please guys, I really need advice. Eight, seven exclamation points. 
and two serious ads. Is there a cure for CF? I don't know. But what I do know is that one of the side effects that causes the most damage from CF is particularly respiratory and renal acidosis. Like I said in an earlier post, you need to check your pH levels and decide what alkalizing protocol you will will help you from further damaging your body. Urine therapy can help, but I would not consume over-acidic urine. Get some pH test strips. And Audrey786 replies, Hello, I hope you are much better now. I still wanted to give you few advices. The first one is to customize your diet with your own unique body chemistry. You should not only drink fruit juices. You might be a low-fat, high-carbohydrate type filled with pasta on a, or a high-fat or high-protein diet type or anything in between. You will have to tweak often your diet and find the ideal percentage of each food type brackets, protein, carbs, and lipids you need. Also, dump table salt and use gray Celtic salts. This salt is full of minerals easily used by the body. Urine therapy can start from beginning, but I would recommend to see a doctor and check urine and continue urine check and blood check all through UT. If you know your metabolism type, follow M diet, you can start UT as much as you like. There were no side effects reported in any trials made, even with renal kidney necrosis, and at high doses, no side effects were reported. Only positive one. Brackets, the only bad cases were two rejected fetus, so if pregnant, better use UT with doctor checkup. Urine contains so many components. It is like like a mirror to your metabolism and every chemical made by the body is contained. If you re-ingest your own urine, you have the perfect free natural medicine created just for you. From loosing weight or gaining, sleeping aid, energizer, allergy suppressor, virus and fungus killer, you name it and your body creates exactly what you need. No two person have the same urine contents. One might contain 100 components, another have 150. Drug company consider urine as a money maker. Sadly, some components need to be taken in synergy with others, and they just use one or two, often resulting in failure. It would cost too much money to replicate exact artificial urine. Also, they do not have Savior Fair yet. Read Your Own Perfect Medicine by Martha M. Christie or Metabolic Typing Diet by William Walcott and Trish Fahey. Also read about Celtic Salt. Try washing vegetables and soak them with a hydrogen peroxide mix with distilled water to increase fruit content. One, brackets, Google for exact percentages of hydrogen, this boosts oxygen production. It helps many bodily functions and kill fungus and virus. Good luck! And we'll leave the urine thread for now. Who knows if we'll return? But we're leaving that subform now. And we'll move from there to the curezone.org subforum. Parasites, semicolon, protozoa. In a thread started by Lost Me entitled Too Much. And it goes like this. I honestly do not know how all of you are doing it. I can't do this again tonight under attack from worms on my scalp. But just like the other day when they all went into my eye. Oh my God. <laughs> just like the other day when they all went for my eyes. Tonight they went for my mouth. There were so many of them. I tried to snatch them up with tweezers and realized they were like stuck kind of embedded in me. So I yanked them off making my lips bleed and hurt and again was overtaken. That's when I remembered the salt. I ran to the kitchen, got the salt and poured it all over my lips. Hurt like hell but made the worms turn to yellow mucus briefly and when that happened they were not connected and I could pull them off. Now I have cherry red huge lower lip. Guys, I don't mean to sign like a pity party. I'm sorry, I just can't. T -t -t -t. And Jesus Christ, really? That's the first reply. <laughs> And 137587 replies, Scalp worms. See a biological DDS. Treat dental infections and 
caviations, then treat parasite. And Lost Me asks, what is a biological DDS? And 137587 replies, scalp itching crawling almost always a hidden dental infection. Eyes also usually a root canal or a cavitation. Always see a biological DDS. And Oil Girl 49 writes, Hi, I just joined this cure zone. I happened to read your last couple posts. I have the same issues you're dealing with. You're dealing with. I really need some information on how to get rid of these bastards. They're driving me insane. I'm not or ever been a dirty person. This whole ordeal is just too much to deal with 24-7. If you know any info that could help me, I'd sure appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Oil Girl 49. And Lost Me replies, Hi, yes, I agree. Way too much to deal with. All I have learned is just by responses to my entries here. I have been told a few things here recently that I'm going to try. Have to wait till disability comes through to have the money. Follow my posts and read what people have told me to do. I'm so overwhelmed I couldn't even list what I've been suggested. I just didn't erase them, lol. I have to go back and read them. Hen, I do them. And Telza writes, Get lice treatment first, then take Epsom salt baths, draws toxin out, soak whole body and head for like 25 min, then rinse off immediately with cold water everywhere to cliss pores. I take two to three baths a week. Detink one... <laughs> I take two to three baths a week. Detink one teaspoon of baking soda three times a day to raise pH. They do not like it. I only wash my hair with Selsum Blue, CVS Generis, same thing. I have been good since doing this. Mergellons started showing up this past May. I put colloidal silver in my eyes and my dog's eyes to get them out. Take a drop of iodine and water in morning. That is all I have been doing. Oh, also the one and only time I had crawling, I bought clean green natural enzymes. Comes with a pamphlet it is a god's send. Seems expensive, but if you use an O's and dilute with water, it lasts a long time. Hope this helps. And ZZ Top 807 replies. Yep, we always go back and read them when we are suffering with a particular thing. Itchy vag, itchy anal, spitting up worms, etc. And Telza replies, Clean green natural enzymes works to stop crawling. You only need an ounce and add water. It is highly concentrated. I'm just starting this stage you spray. It on hesed face all over body. It really works. I use it on my dog also, non-toxic. I use tea tree shampoo and add a little more tea tree oik to it. I also use that for body wash, but the clean green really works. Also, I just started steaming, and I really believe it works on killing these things. In my environment, because they are everywhere in your house. Take your phone camera and zoom a little and start looking at stuff, and you'll be surprised. I think this is why it's so hard for people to rid themselves of these. And Lind1 writes, Oil of cloves will kill them instantly, first of all. Don't put the cloves straight on until you get used to it. It will burn your skin a little bit. Put it with some lotion for a lot of lotion. If it doesn't work, a little more cloves, more and more, as you can stand it till you can almost do it straight on it will all come out and die well won't pull them out take a screenshot every time you get information that you can use some people get better right away and some people it takes years just depends on how aggressive leave you treatment them but you have to do it have to take meds read also and screenshot everything to you it can be very interesting and hell to say the least it just depends on your aggression
And Lin One replies, if you can do it, watch YouTube where the doctors coax the worm out of the boy's eyeball with just using basil and put some basil on the corner of your eyes and go to sleep with it. Check your eyes first thing in the morning real quick. And Still Seeking Cure ends the thread by saying, in reply to Lost Me, if you are still in the forum and still have the parasites in lips and scalp, try Flaggle. Been battling these for several years without relief. Recently started Matt K3's protocol for flukes, tapes, and ascaris. You can research it here on CureZone. In the protocol, you take Flaggle along with other medicine in low doses. As soon as I started the Flaggle, the parasites in my lip dried up. They started really dying off. I have tried so many things, and yes, like you, I tried salt. Look up the protocol, start the meds, and try Flaggle. I hope it helps. And we'll leave that thread and go to a new thread in the CureZone.org forums, subform Parasites, Skin Support, in a thread started by Anthony Mack entitled Parasite War. And it goes like this. Hello, I've been reading several different topics across the internet for many months and have finally decided to create an account and post my experience thus far. This all started back in September, right before the big flood in Colombia that occurred the first week in October. I was sitting in a room upstairs in my house one night using my tablet. I started to notice white little specks flying in the air. I was able to see them B slash C. The screen on my iPad was bright enough in a dark room to see this clearly. At first, I ignored it, thinking it was just dust or part of the normal ecosystem. Within 20 minutes, I started to feel bites, almost like a mosquito that bit me, but a little bit harder. The bites then intensified, and before I knew it, I had about 20 bites on my arm. The next morning, I showed my wife and I decided to get an exterminator in the house, as I thought it was fleas. The company came in the next day and bombed the room that I was in the night before. The following night, I decided to retire to a different room, as the exterminator made it to the house extremely late in the day. Around 11.30 p.m. on the second night, the same thing happened again upstairs. As I was afraid to spread the weird occurrence downstairs to my family, I bit the bullet and stayed upstairs all night and battled this with a can of raid. I lost, as I again received another 15 bites or so. I started to panic. I knew something was wrong and it was spreading throughout the home. On the third night, I was so exhausted I just passed out. On the fourth night, the same thing happened again, more bites. Now I had about 40 to 50 bites on my entire body in a matter of three to four days. On day five, Friday morning, I had enough. I told my wife I was not sleeping in the house. When she got home from work, I wanted to go to a hotel. I did not go to work that day and started packing and working from home. I was feeling bites on my legs as I worked at the home on Friday afternoon, so I looked up a home remedy to repel insects. I combined olive oil with dish soap and put it all over my body from head to toe. I thought I had outsmarted them. With a smirk on my face, I continued working as I laughed at the face of these bugs. But an hour later, the bugs realized what I had done, and they were upset. I started feeling them crawl into my ears and nose. It gradually got worse. Minutes later, I felt a couple hundred of them swarming around my head. I started to freak out. I then felt then in a mass wave entering my ears, nose, mouth, eyes, and butt. I ran in the garage literally screaming as my body was becoming infested. Minutes later, I was blinded. I could not open my eyes. They were hovering around my face, waiting for me to open my eyes so they could enter. As I blindly crawled back to the house, I made it to the shower and I was clawing them out of my eyes. I was losing the battle. I showered for 30 minutes, screaming and crying as they were entering into my cavities. As soon as I got it under control, I fled from the house and went to a hotel. They came with me. Using the bathroom at the hotel, 
hotel, I could still feel them. I called my brother-in-law, who is a family doctor, and he prescribed me with permethium. It worked, or so I thought it did. The next couple of weeks, I stayed at my in-law's home, and as the flood had occurred and it affected our house directly, during my stay at their home, the sensations were still happening, but much less. I thought eventually these things would die off and leave me alone. Before I moved back into my house, I had it professionally ozoned from a company who guarantees to get rid of whatever infestation one might have. This worked. The environment at my house was clean, and I never had a problem with the mass group of flying insects again. However, the damage had already been done to my body. These flying insects had marked me as their host, and throughout the months, I felt crawling sensations all over my body. Some days were good, some days were bad. I noticed that they respond to heat. If I exercised or had a few drinks, the change in temperature in my body would cause a reaction and an outbreak. When I say outbreak, I mean I would feeling a heavy crawling sensation on my face, and I could feel them slowly move down my back and enter my butt. To make sure I was not crazy, I took a moist paper towel with oil and rubbed my back area to see what I could find. The towel was covered in black specks. I tried everything to get rid of this. More Promethium, petroleum gel around my anus to break the cycle, two dermatologists, one in Florida, one in Colombia, two family doctors, and even a therapist. All the medical doctors said I was crazy, but yet they refused to even take a microscope and examine the samples that I had. I had documented all of this with my camera phone as well, and it was all discounted. I started to take matters into my own hand. I took a leave of absence from work, spent two months researching every day online. It became an obsession. I found out online that I was not alone, that there were hundreds of other people like me on message forums who were treated badly by the medical world and deemed as crazy, even though we all had evidence. One doctor in particular online understood what was going on. He explained that parasites, toxicity, fungal, candida, and body chemistry all were at play. He also stated that anyone with a fake tooth may be at higher risk due to mercury. I had a fake took from the 90s when I was a child. I looked at it in the mirror and noticed a small, thin line of black above the top of my incisor. I made an appointment with my dentist. He did not believe me. And after an x-ray, he stated there is no infection. I told him I did not care. I wanted it out with a temporary inserted until this is all sorted out. Reluctantly, the dentist honored my request. And as I say in the chair, he began to break my tooth apart. About 20 minutes in, I hear, quote, unquote, oh my God. I gave him my camera phone and said, please document what you see. My tooth was black, rotted, liquid infection poured all over his hands as he removed the tooth. He was, this was the one of the worst he had had seen in his career. The temporary tooth was inserted and there was an instant relief in the black line and pain in my gum line. Next, I decided to isolate myself from my wife and kids. I threw out my entire life in a garbage can. All my clothes, belongings, even my car. I moved into an apartment and started my life over. This helped tremendously. And for several weeks, I was on the road to recovery. Then it happened again. One morning, I woke up and on the side of my face, there was a swelling about the size of a golf ball. This was around Thanksgiving. I called the dentist and he gave me some clindamycin to fight the infection. I knew this was not an infection. I had a hunch that this was the parasites and the tooth removal had upset them. I was convinced that they were in my sinuses. I started to rub my cheek with peroxide. I walked away from the bathroom and had something to eat. I felt a crawling sensation in my face. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw my cheek had hundreds of 
of white specks slowly moving. I scrubbed them off for about 20 minutes and when I did, the swelling went away completely. The scenario above is currently where I am at. I have pockets of swelling that occur in my body with pimples. If I mess with the pimples or the swelling, I am able to get white hard grains of salt and rice-like things out of my skin, followed by hundreds of black specks. Currently, they seem to have nested in the middle of my forehead. There are several little pimples on the sides of my temples and around my nose, which I believe are exit wounds or breathing holes for these critters. I have good days and bad days. Sometimes I feel nothing. Other times it's an attack from hell. My face heals. Then I have an attack and I damage it all over again. BC, I cannot take the crawling sensation. Each time I have a breakout, I am able to produce grains of salt, rice, and black specks. Currently, I have collected a couple hundred samples and have them placed in two small bottles with rubbing alcohol to preserve them. I need help. No one has ever examined my properly. I had blood, fecal, and urine tests a few months ago and everything came back clean. I have begged from someone to take a skin scraping and examine my body and everyone has refused. They all want me to take antipsychotic. I refuse to just mask the symptoms and allow this infestation to get closer to my brain. I have purchased the handheld USB microscope to provide to all that I am not crazy. I am uploading the photos to this thread. I would like to know if anyone knows what type of worm this is and if anyone truly has had success in completely eradicating them. From what I read on the internet, most people have been dealing with parasitic infections for years and only a few posters post about complete recovery. I realize that morgulons may be an option here, but I have not ruled out other possibilities. And there are some weird photos of weird super close-up skin stuff that I can't explain, but also so doesn't make any sense. So anyway, and GlaxoNY replies, if worse comes to worse, then I have heard that the antipsychotics will put them into a dormant state so they cannot reproduce or get worse, but you will still have them hibernating in your body. And you are stuck on the prescription until you figure out how to detoxify. But taking the drugs will give you a chance to detox and enable you to make progress. I would try vitamin V first, however. Bugs hate it. Look it up. Mosquitoes won't even land on you if you take it. Bed bugs won't bite you either. It will make them start crawling around trying to get off. Depending on how much you weigh, take 1 to 300 twice per day. Drinking apple cider vinegar in water will also cause the skin to detox. I would coat my skin with essential oils, dilute in grapeseed so it doesn't burn the skin, but make sure it's strong enough to make them miserable. Eucalyptus, thyme, anything that is anti-parasitical. I would mix the essential oil with DMSO and put it on the nests. The DMSO, and DMSO is dimethyl sulfoxide, an organosulfur compound, and the internet says DMSO is used topically to decrease pain and speed the healing of wounds. I would mix essential oil with DMSO and put it on the nests. The DMSO will take the oil into the skin. Try a tiny little test spot first to make sure you can tolerate this because some people are more sensitive to DMSO than others. Slowly build up if you can't take much. Other ideas, H2O2 IV, ozone IV, Vit C IV, diatomaceous earth, Clarkia enemas, coffee enemas, hot bath with a gallon of vinegar in the water, hot bath with Epsom salts, hot bath with crystals in the water, cold showers, fasting, especially water fast. Do the Morgulons protocol. Use iodine. Do the entire cure zone cleansing protocol. And Anthony Mack replies, thank you for the info. I have battling in my head about the antipsychotics BC when I went to see the doctor. They told me it was all in my head. It was not until recently that I discovered that antipsychotics may work as a band-aid until I get my situation under control. Thank you for your response. I am going to try this ASAP in order to get my life semi back to normal. Eight months is ridiculous. And number 207405 replies, I read through your long story. 
It's very amusing. I thought it's a novel. Fiction until the end. Sadly, I have the Samular experience. This is Morgellons, I believe. But what exactly is that? After years of research, I still have no idea. Antiparasitics might be what you should start taking. Good luck. And just to be clear, Morgellons are, according to Wikipedia, is the informal name of a self-diagnosed unconfirmed skin condition in which individuals have sores that they believe contain some kind of fibers. Morgellons is poorly characterized but the general medical consensus is it is a form of delusional parasitosis. The sores are the result of compulsive scratching and the fibers, when analyzed, turn out to originate from textiles. And who are you normally adds? Ozone was the solution, but you didn't go far enough. Start treating your entire body with ozone. In the interim, dilute peroxide baths and start learning about herbal and RX parasite meds. Dental cleanup is good start, along with complete organ cleansing. And Anthony Mack replies, Thank you for the reply. I did not realize you could apply ozone to yourself. When the company came out to ozone my home, I asked about personal ozone and they said it was toxic to me. After your post, I did some research and found out there are a few things I can do. I will look into this as well. Thank you. And Positive Mind adds, They look like some kind of larvae. Do you also have an itch? Could it be bird mites? You should Google the photos and the treatment. There are some other posters here that might have some good insights. I'm sorry for you. Sounds like a bad one, but don't give up. If you persist, you can get rid of them. And Anthony Mack replies, I thought originally it may have been bird mites, but as of lately, I really do not see too many black specks on me anymore. Just the worms. If I did have mites, I believe I have eradicated most, if not all of them. I no longer itch at night. I feel that sharp little poke on my forehead, and after rubbing olive oil on it, the larvae come out in droves. And Clue adds, Sorry you're having the same troubles and getting the same BS from the doctor's frowny face emoticon. The common denominator here being water. Moisture or even just high humidity seems to bring things alive. In your case, a flood. There's so many heads to this hydrate boggles the mind, and it doesn't take too much to do that anymore. Many water brackets and other parasites are susceptible to fenbendazole, or forms of copper brackets, do research, just like you would use in a fish tank. I have had the spider mites and threads and flying insects, but now it's water creatures. I think we can harbor almost anything. I don't care what anybody says. To the naked eye, these specks from the skin look like brown sand or something, but I believe they could be hydrozoa forming. And Positive Mind replies, It is quite possible you have multiple parasites at once. It is difficult to identify all of them. I would try to treat those worms and larvae with meds. I'm not sure where you have. But if you see anything in stool and put a picture up, we can try to ID. I understand it is hard, but good news. You might have gotten rid of one of them already, if you don't itch anymore. Ivermectin does not really help W mites, as far as I know, but you can research for mites or larvae here in this search field. And look at the picture gallery to find some answers. And and Mite Hater adds, These look just like what I have. Have you found an effective treatment? Have you found out what they are? I have had nests of them open up twice in the last week to 10 days. Hundreds of them came out and in all of its life stages from egg to adult, brackets about half an inch. Thanks for your post. Please post if you're still posting or reading on this forum how things are for you. I'd be so grateful to know how you found out anything about them. And Cure Mites adds, You have a heavy mite infestation. You're right. You are their host. They are using your body to 
feed, fuck, and breed. They are strong, resilient, and resistant to traditional pesticides. The bites you feel are the adult mites feeding. The crawling sensations are from the eggs hatching and nymphs crawling, hatching underneath your skin. They will not leave willingly. You have to fight. This is war. They have also infested your home cloths and car. Even if you find something that seems to work, the relief is short-lived because still eggs hatching from within you. Mites infesting you from your surroundings and personal effects. I know because I went through 16 months of pure hell before I find triclosan powder. Use this to shower, lotion your body, fog your home, spray your mattress, and wash your clothes. It's the only thing I found to kill them. It saved my life and it will yours too. In your post you mentioned another really important fact. That is something has gone horribly wrong in our environment. Climate change or maybe mutant mites? Either way, they've evolved to attack and feed on humans and they can withstand an arsenal of insecticides, even natural ones that they are not supposed to build resistance to. More people are becoming infected at an alarming rate. For now, triclosan powder works and is your only salvation. They may eventually be able to build resistance to this too. Government and health officials know this. That's why they are trying to ban it now. If this is what the coming pestilences look like, we already know millions will be living in pure hell. And the last thing I'll read is from Anthony Mack who adds, just wanted to post an update. As I know, there are probably several readers out there searching for answers and what works and what does not. I will continue to stay active on this board throughout my process. I have taken two doses of ivermectin with the second dose taken approximately two weeks ago. I felt an increase in activity, so I actually induced a breakout with oils for three days in a row. On the third day, hardly anything came out. I have not induced a breakout since then. B slash C, it is so taxing on my body due to lack of sleep and it damages the skin on my forehead from all the rubbing. Regarding the antipsychotic, I sat in a waiting room for three hours where I was supposed to speak with a psychiatrist. After several patients in the waiting room approached me and asked what I was quote unquote in for, I realized that they were all in there for Wellbutrin, or at least one of the ones that approached me. They were all counting their places in line for their drug. Crazy! After I got quote unquote in, the nurse informed me I would not be seeing a psychiatrist that same day. Rather, I would have to wait until June. So fail on that one. I tried to call a couple others, and they were all backed up for 60 days or did not return my call. I am going to take this as a sign to not take the antipsychotic for now. Today, May 23rd, I went to my first appointment with the Infectious Disease Clinic. I showed her my story here, brackets minus the comments, along with the photos. I brought my wife with me so she could back me up as I am jaded like so many of you know already. Guess what? He actually believed me. His report addressed my photos as quote-unquote clinical photos, and he said, based on my lesions and photos, it's possible that I have cutaneous larvae or miasis. Even if he's wrong, he's at least going to run tests on me. The worm in the photo was about the size of my pinky nail width from left to right. He asked if I had any samples for labs, and I told him I have two small bottles with hundreds of samples preserved in rubbing alcohol. I told him that I did not bring them BC. I was afraid of the quote-unquote matchbox syndrome or DP. He said, please bring them so he can examine them. So I am doing that tomorrow. On top of that, he ordered a CT scan, MRSA test, and five vials of blood work. He also prescribed me with another dose of Evermectin, as I told him I was able to obtain two doses. Currently, I'm itching a little as I type. These things like to move in my eyebrows and eyes. I feel them at times. I have a question for the poster who mentioned aquatic parasites. I quote unquote, I quote unquote, vape, and was reading about PG today, and I heard it was toxic to aquatic parasites. 
parasites. Do you think there's a connection here? Do you know about any potential problems for vaping and increased parasite activity? There was not too much on Google about it. I do want to point out that I quit smoking over a year ago and I often have wondered if the tobacco was masking slash protecting me from the infestation. When I quote unquote vape, if I exhale through my nose, I notice I irritate them more easily and I can feel those little hairs for about an hour or two hit the back of my tongue. I quit for one day and did not have any activity at all. I have decreased my smoking and plan on quitting on Friday for good before I leave town for a week on vacation. I figured this would be a good time to quit cold turkey. Well, we'll keep you posted on the results of this as well as the CT scan and blood work. The blood work and MRSA test were already completed today, but I am not doing the CT scan for about two weeks. More to come. And although this thread goes on for another 50 posts, and let me inform you that uh, Anthony Mack discovers the joys of pure coconut oil, as well as considers magnet therapy, has a mold inspection, considers the possibility of worms, but I don't know if he ever decided to take the antipsychotics. Well, what did you think of that? This is a strange forum. It's very certainly extreme in some of its beliefs. I didn't read it, but there, there, there are threads where people are like, what kind of urine therapy do you recommend for people with cancer? None would be my guess, but uh, yeah, it's sim I find this funny because it's sort of similar to the concept of raw water, which was kind of I started hearing about either late last year or early this year, which is basically just drinking unfiltered water. So yeah, you know, these people all have problems, real or imagined, and they, they're uh, seeking help on the internet. Not always the best place to seek help. And, uh, you know, it's funny in that last story with Andy Mack, Andy Mack is repeatedly told that he needs to be on antipsychotics because he's having delusional peritosis. And instead he's like, hmm, I think I'm going to pass on that and keep forcing bugs out of my face, making decisions that anger the bugs in my face. And so they can crawl around in my eyeballs, which seems totally normal. I did look up a uh, matchbox syndrome that he mentioned and this Andy Mack. And matchbox syndrome is the practice that people who have peritosis have in when they bring their samples to a doctor in a matchbox or like on a piece of tape or just some sort of like strange conveyance and being sort of like, here's my proof, it's in this matchbox. And then you open it and it's like a bunch of stuff that proves nothing or it's just like scabs or whatever. It rarely proves anything. So that's why he was trying to avoid matchbox syndrome. He didn't want to bring his evidence and have people be like, mm, that's a bunch of lint. But now you know. I mean, I've seen this form before, but I hadn't read from it. And it's just funny how it came up in that one, someone posted that eat the urine thing and then I posted it on Facebook and kind of went down a, a urine therapy hole <laughs> doing research and finding all the people who drink their own urine. And of course, this is a bedrock philosophy of my friend Finn's uh, eco-friendly philosophy of life, which was uh, always save a tree, drink your pee. But he didn't realize that he was also saving himself because of the curative properties and restorative properties of urine. Uh, your own urine only, right? So don't be going around trying to guzzle pee, just like in Raw Top's breeding zone in that form about the guy who likes to get urine donated to himself at the urinal so he could drink it. So it doesn't work that way. So I don't know if that's not healthy for you, apparently. I don't think, you know. One thing I did learn is that, you know, you always hear urine is sterile and whatever, but that uh, it's only sterile like immediately when it's coming out. And then after it's had some time, urine is apparently a great place to grow stuff if you're a bacteria. So don't do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. 
Cure Zone, very strange. I barely scratched the surface. This forum's been around for a long time and is has looks like it hasn't really been updated very much in the last five to 10 years. People are still visiting it and, and uh, commenting on things. But most of the threads I looked at were fairly old, but there are still people posting there, so more power to them. But I think that's gonna do it for this episode of Lou Reads. I'm sorry once again, I always have to apologize, that uh, it takes me so long to get these episodes out. You'd think being unemployed, I'd have tons of time on my hand to read stuff, but that's not how that works. <laughs> So let's wrap it up by saying, once again, if you want a magnet or stickers, please email me at loureads at gmail.com. I will send you some. And if you, and thanks for listening. If you want a t-shirt, go to the bonfire page and request that I open the store up again. The last time I did it, I had 13 pre-sales and when the store went live, uh, I think five people bought a shirt. So um, if you're interested, please indicate so on the bonfire site. Beyond that, I ain't got nothing. So buttons. So that's going to do it. My name's Lou, and this is Lou Reads the Internet Cure Zone Forums for you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>